On this episode of Words from Capital, the podcast, we explore self-esteem and identity. We talk about being gay in music. We talk about self-love. We talk about accepting. We talk about more music, more dynamic of who we call El Capital, uh, Tory Ferguson. Last episode, we got into um, the foundation of El Capito, um, Tory. We gonna we gonna say Tory because before El Capito, you was Tory. I was Tory, um, and I might go in between I and me and you and Ale because I'm I am. This is my podcast, and I'm kind of like talking, interviewing myself a little bit, so you can kind of get a broader understanding of everything. Um, but more intimate, right? <laughs> okay, so Tory, I was before El Capito, and for those who you know, so let's talk about identity. I want to talk about identity first before we go into the uh scared. But last episode, we kind of talked about who I was before music you know me kind of wanting to do music and stuff like that so um this episode more I kind of want to get into more music that I recorded but I want to get into a lot of meanings of a lot of music now you know what I'm saying going up until the full attention album um but people want to know why I came up with the name El Capito um, I knew that when I was doing music, if I wanted to do music, when I started doing music, I needed a stage name. I didn't want to go by Tory. I didn't want to go by Tory D. I didn't want to go Tory Ferguson. I didn't want to use my government. I didn't use want to use my name. I wanted to use something that was. I wanted a name that was more powerful, powerful than. Tory, you know, Tory is good for company work, you know, me doing my songwriting and me doing, you know, regular work like that. And I also, excuse me, I'm smoking too. Uh, but, um, it was more of me like 
wanting a, a bigger persona, you know, as far as like recording, because if I'm going to do music, I want to, I want to be bigger than life. You know, I don't, I don't want to be Tory, you know, and, um, with critiquing, people be like, well, at this point, people are like, well, why don't you record Tory? It'll be your authentic self. And I'm like, well, El Capito is me, regardless of, you know, the name, it's still my voice. I'm not merely vanilla it. <laughs> you know, I'm using my regular voice. I'm not auto-tuning, you know what I'm saying, like that. I'm using my vocals and mixing it how I want it to sound. That's basically what I'm doing now. But I came up with the with the name because I was driving. I think I was going to, I was getting a haircut or something like that. I was doing something. I was off, um... Bugner and 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 Bugner and what street is that? Lake June, I think. No, Bugner and Bruton. And if anybody from Dallas, Texas, know where it is, you know that's kind of like Pleasant Grove area. So I was I had just exited out one twenty, and I was driving up to the Bugner to the Bugner light, and. As I was driving, you know, from the highway to the to that street, and you know, it's a stretch. So I was, I don't know what I was listening to or what, but that name came in my my head, like El Capito. And I'm like, the full name. I didn't even, like, it was the full name. It wasn't the broken down name or nothing like that. It was just like El Capito, and this is the name you're going by. You know, this is, this is it. Like, you asked for it, this is it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm driving like, okay, so I gotta, I gotta get a name and I keep feeling the name El Capito, El Capito. I keep feeling it. You know what I'm saying? So I let it sit. I let it resonate in me before I started, you know, doing anything. And I searched it. Like, I really did my homework. I searched it. I did all that good stuff before I even started saying it on records and even saying that's my name. You know what I'm saying? And um, after that, it, it stuck with me. And people say, well, you gonna, are you going to change your name? No, I'm not changing my name. Um, it's not even a discussion to change my name. Um, it's either, and like I said, I might, if I do change my name, I might drop the L and just go by Capito. But I'm keeping L Capito. Cap L Capito, Capito, that's, that's me. Like, I'm not going to change it. Uh, legally, yes, I'm going to keep my normal name, but as the checks and identity, stuff like that. But... Uh, El Capito is my stage name, and I'm I'm rocking with it, and I'm going with it the long way. So, wherever El Capito takes me is where I'm gonna follow and go because, you know, he's brought me a lot of joy. He's brought me a lot of ways too, and I'm happy. You know, I'm really happy where where we at right now. You know, as a as a as a mesh, but I know pretty soon it's gonna be where I am just gonna be El Capito and Tory Ferguson is just gonna be 
people know me as you know what I'm saying <laughs> but like I said I still got my production companies I still have you know regular stuff you know what I'm saying where I will go by my regular name but musically I am El Capital you know what I'm saying and I'm I, I'm gonna and I'm gonna ride by that 100 facts because when you google you see me okay <laughs> Cause now I Google, because uh, the first time I Google, I didn't see nobody. <laughs> when I Google now, I see myself. So, <laughs> right, I'm there now. So, <laughs> I'm happy, I'm proud. Um, so, and yeah, that was a that was a minute ago. So that's really like my identity, as far as like as far as a music artist goes, but. You play scared and you get to the second verse and you hear uh i'm pulling up to your house because you call me uh the f word the fag word you know i don't know why i'm posting this so i can't really just you know say it like that but uh fag you know what i'm saying and i want to kind of explore that because I, I'm not I'm not who I am as an artist or as a person without, you know, just exploring me being gay and I, I you know me being homosexual. If however you want to put it, you know, me loving on the same gender, and it's a lot of questions about you know have I ever been with a female and why you know. Am I with a guy? And the thing about it is, it's really not your concern. I was born liking men. I was, since I was little, I liked men. I liked the 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 look of a man. I see a beautiful man. I say, oh my God, he's fine as hell. You know what I'm saying? Um that's just me, you know, and some days I, I feel a lot of ways, some days I don't, but all in all, I'm still a person, you know what I'm saying, I still have blood flowing through my veins, I'm still, you know, I am still have ideas, I still have thoughts, I still have, you know, feelings, I still have emotions, I'm a sensitive person, you know, I, 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 it might not seem like it, but I, I, I'm, I've been through a lot and I don't carry it because, uh, I feel like it's a part of growing. It's part of growth. And a person always has a story to tell, whether it's good or bad. And a lot of people probably haven't been through a lot of situations that another person has went through. But you got to kind of understand, you got to kind of be empathize, empathetic about it. You know, a lot of people walk around and they're not empathetic about another person. They just think they're just a shell or they're just there for their leisure. No, you know, my person had to go through a lot of things to get to where they are for a person to actually see them, you know, and it's deeper than a lot of people may know, you know, because a lot of people grew up on social media and well, I, I, I didn't, to be honest with you, you know, I'm 35 years old. I grew, I, my time growing up was, you know, 
way before MySpace. That was probably like the best time because we didn't have social media. You know, we just had life. We had outside. We had to go outside and play. Especially when I was growing up, we had to go outside and play and uh, make tent boxes and <laughs> play in the mud and stuff like that. Like we had to go outside and play. I didn't. I didn't get on social media until I was well over high school. You know, Facebook. You had to go to college in order to get a email address to get in Facebook. Now anybody can get in Facebook, right? And you know, a lot of things now are bigger than what it was back then, and a lot more eyes are are on you now versus you know back when Michael Jackson then was hired and and and, and Whitney was back you know and like I, I'm gonna keep a friend of Michael because this like I said I don't without Michael I really don't know what music is you know what I'm saying because that's kind of the first point of music I know you know as a kid I was two three years old singing Michael Jackson songs so like I said I that's the only person I could refer to because the only person I kind of really wanted to grow grow up with, you know. So, um, but yeah, oh, I forgot where I was. But <laughs> uh, being being a artist that with me wanting to be an artist that sings about the same sex but bring the opposite sex in as a, another entity is different, you know? And I want to, I, I also indulge in other things, you know what I'm saying? But anywho, we talk about scared, right? We talk about scared. Okay, there we go. Back on track. We talk about scared. So, uh, yeah. So having to deal with being a gay black male in America is hard. You know, because we actually facing, you know, our own, you know, versus everybody else, you know. And you got to deal with, you know, negative things being said and stereotypes being, you know, uh, done towards you. Like, it's really hard. So, scared is kind of a call. Is, is that. Scared is me. Saying, look, I'm my, as a human being, I'm minding my business. And for you to just, you know, for people to just say what they want to say and not reap the repercussions of that, you know, Bitch, come outside, ho. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> at this point, you get tired. You right? You get tired, and you you get tired of fighting the world, and you get tired of fighting other people that you was once cool with. You know, and you just have a lot of frustrations. And so, with music, with music, what they say: write your feelings, record. Well, how you feel in that moment or their moments, you know what I'm saying? And um, back, another backstory about Scared is, and I said this in my documentary, that I was on, I was actually doing Control Myself's uh, release party on, um, on uh, Bigo, right? 
And someone said some slick to me in the comments. And like I said, I hadn't even said anything by the time they was really just saying some stuff. You know what I'm saying? But during that conversation, it was also a voice conversation as well. Right? And it wasn't just, you know, someone making a comment, typing some stuff. He was, he was actually vocal and had some stuff to say. But you never seen my face. You want to say that uh, I created my own record label called Drip Sound Records, you know, with a Z, Drip Sounds with a Z, records. And you want to say that my record company only signed F-A-G-G, O-T-S, and, and all that, and want to say it ain't never going to be nothing. You don't even know what it is, first of all. You ain't really just talk to me to talk to the person behind it to even see you know how dope of a label i've made it you know what i'm saying you just want to out the bat say some derogatory ignorant ass stuff you know what i'm saying so it kind of like it kind of like transformed of its own and i i i went to sleep or I won't say I went to sleep because after, you know, words were said um, to someone, and I'm going to go into that too, um, it, it kind of put me at ease, you know, because I was like, you know what, maybe that is a, a way to do it, you know. So after that exchange happened or whatever between me and whoever on that platform, um, it bothered me, right, because he said that I was – disgusting he said being gay is a sin all this just all this stuff that we when when we're raised up in christian homes and homes where you know the the base of the family is straight you kind of have to step back a little bit and do your research right especially when you're young and me I wasn't young, no, I was old, but I, I, it was like, what, two years ago, but young, being younger, you have to kind of do your research and, 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 and read and see, you know, why am I like this? I didn't, I didn't ask to be like this, right? But every time I'm with this type of person, I'm, I'm, I'm more secure. I'm more happier. I'm, I feel better. I'm, 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 my, my, my needs that I want are being met but when I'm over here I, I I don't feel as comfortable right I don't I feel like I'm it's like I don't know how to explain it you know what I'm saying it's really hard to explain how I felt growing up being gay you know because I did not feel comfortable being sexual with a woman I was more comfortable being sexual with a man, right? And I guess the question is, when when did I start? When when was my first sexual encounter with a man? Um, I was what twelve years old, and um, I, I was we were staying. I was staying uh, with my mom and my three brothers, two brothers. My man, my two brothers. Trust, I'm two brothers. I'm the oldest of. I'm the oldest. And it's three of us. Uh, but we were standing in this in an apartment in Dallas. And 
My mom is a single mom, so she had to work. Um, I was 12, so I was, you know, I was in middle school. I think I was in seventh grade or something like that. So I, I was kind of able to hold it down, but in reality, I kind of wasn't, you know what I'm saying? But she had the next door neighbor that would watch us, and then she had another, you know, friend, uh, kids that would watch us, right? So one of the friend kids was uh, a little older than me, and we had uh, an encounter. Um, so this was more aura than anything, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't, um, and it wasn't forced. It, it wasn't forced. It was at at that that time it was not forced you know what i'm saying and i i take accountability it was not i, I don't then like i said at the time i did not know it the way it was presented it was i i got this and if you want it uh you can do this to me you know what i'm saying and um or if no if i give you if I got this, and if I give it to you, you got to do this for me to give it to you. <laughs> so that's what that thing was. And after that, it just kind of like took on its own form, you know what I'm saying, up until, you know, we had to move and, you know, the contact was broke, you know what I'm saying. So that's where that happened, you know what I'm saying. So, But kind of before that I still knew that I wanted to be a man but question is was I ever with a woman I never slept with a woman I had girlfriends or I had girls that I liked genuinely but it still wasn't on a sexual level it was like it still went on a sexual level because I was young like I I knew that I didn't, I didn't have to have sex. I didn't want to have sex. You know what I'm saying? And my first kind of real girlfriend that I could say was like in middle school. Because I met her. I was uh, in a band. In high, I was in a high school band. And I met her because she was in the high school band. And I wanted to do it. And she told me how to, how to do it. And I did it. You know what I'm saying? And that's what connected us but I still knew that I wanted to be with a guy because even when I started the high school band it was like a door had opened for me to see so many beautiful people black men you know what I'm saying and I had a boy I started having a boyfriend when I was in the eighth grade because I was a drum major in middle school so I was drum major eighth grade uh, the middle school that I went to and uh, I had a boyfriend he was in the 7th grade and I was in the 8th grade and we dated we never did anything he would walk me to school um, he would write me love notes and letters and stuff like that like he was my first real boyfriend his name was Cedric but Cedric he was my first real boyfriend and I was so happy you know, I, I kind of felt like I had everything. I had the music, I had me dancing because I used to love to dance. So I was a drum major of a middle school, middle school uh, band. Me and my uh, 
me and my other drum major partner, Victoria Jackson. So me and her, we drum majoring together. Which it wasn't no that was so dope because with us two it wasn't no head drum major, co-drum major. It was no we was both drum majors. You know what I'm saying? We shared the responsibility of, you know, this band. And that's what I love about uh Victoria. Like we we had an understanding and it was so dope doing that. Um, but I had everything. I had, I had, I was there, you know, by that time I was, what, in my early teens, you know, going into my teens and I had a boyfriend now. I was a drum major in high school. Um, I had somebody, he was protecting me. Like he will walk me home and he will walk home, you know, Make sure, he would make sure I'm okay, you know. He would, like I said, he wrote me letters. He would take pictures with me. Like, he wanted to be with me. And it was so fulfilling now to actually have somebody that wanted me. Because before then, didn't nobody... I was young and immature, so didn't nobody want a young me. Like, who would want a young me? Like, who would want a child, you know what I'm saying? But I wasn't looking at older people. You know, I was looking at somebody around my age. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, it was so good to have somebody around my age at this time, like, as a boyfriend. But what happened was, um, personal things in my family happened. Uh, my eldest started getting sick. So, by that time, my mom had moved to Houston. And I was started getting in trouble a little bit. Um, so, I ended up moving with my mom to Houston. And I ended up going to high school there at Westbury High School. And there, it's like I had to start all over again. Like, I wasn't drum major no more. I had no boyfriend. Nobody knew who the hell I was. Like, I was with my brothers and my mom and them. But at that time, my mama had got married to somebody else. Like, I didn't like him. Like, it was a lot going on in Houston. Like, life was so better in Dallas, but... In Houston, when I got to Houston, it was a whole nother different thing. And I met people there. I was in a band there. I played flute. I taught myself how to play flute. Because when I was in a band, and I started being in a band in the fifth grade at Rogers Community. I played the clarinet. When I ended up getting into middle school and being in a band, I was playing baritone saxophone, like something totally way bigger than me. I'm five one, you know what I'm saying? So way bigger than me, I'm playing baritone saxophone. <laughs> but I'm in a jazz band. I'm in a, you know, I'm I'm in a marching band. I'm drum major. Um, at this time, the Mr. Stevens in my middle school band director, Mr. Stevens, um. Mr. Taylor, I'm sorry, Mr. Taylor. Mr. Stevens is my uh, was my uh, elementary school band director, Mr. Stevens. Mr. Taylor was my band director in Holmes, L.W. Holmes in middle school. Mr. Taylor put me on baritone saxophone. And also, he had me on bass clarinet. <laughs> so he had me on stuff I had never heard of because through the whole time <laughs> at Rush Q Mills, I'm playing clarinet, you know? 
<laughs> so, um, I'm playing that and I'm actually complaining, you know, seventh grade year, because I'm like, this stuff is too big for me. I know I I I, I don't know what you set me up for, but it's stuff too big for me, you know, and I don't want to do this. I rather play flute or play clarinet. Like I rather do those two, you know what I'm saying? Before even one knowing I was you know, about saxophone, but I knew about saxophone, but that's before I even had the option to play it, right? So, getting to Westbury, and mind you, eighth grade year, I didn't have to play an instrument because I was drum major. So, going into my ninth grade year at Westbury, I told my, I said, you know what? I want to play what I want to play. I'm not going to tell this band director nothing. I'm going to tell him, look, I play the flute. So, what happened was, uh, something happened to her. Somebody gave me a flute. They was moving or something. They gave me a flute. And I st- I asked my mama if she could take me to the band store so I could give me um, a book to teach myself how to play the flute. Because in elementary, we did the same thing to teach myself how to play clarinet. So I was like, well, maybe if I can teach myself how to play clarinet, I can teach myself how to play flute. So, I put the flute together, and I started playing it. I started, I page by page, I started learning my learning my keys and all that. So, by the time it was time for me to start actual school at Westbury, I was playing the flute. I was, I was literally playing, in the march band, playing the flute at that point. Because I was dedicated to doing it, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, nah, I don't, nah, I'm not finna do these big instruments. I really wanna dance, and the flute will help me do this, <laughs> right? This flute gonna help me gig. I'm, I'm like, gig, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, I started my freshman year at Westbury. I don't know nobody. I see probably one person I know from Dallas and everybody else is from Houston. I don't know nobody, you know what I'm saying? But I still had this upbeat attitude like, okay, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to meet people. I'm, I know I'm going to be a little shy, but, you know, I'm just going to try to fit in, you know what I'm saying? So people met me and stuff like that. And I kind of knew people before school started so I, I saw them so I kind of like felt like you know I could be okay you know but it was intimidating it was really intimidating for me because all I really wanted to do was be in the band you know what I'm saying I, I really wanted to be in the band um school my school work had went down um I wasn't going to school like I was supposed to. Like I really wasn't. Like because like I said, I I was I was skipping school and I would show up for band practice, you know, because that's really what I wanted to do. I really didn't want to go to school. I really didn't want to go to that school. Like it wasn't nothing against the school. It was just that I didn't have a say so. I didn't have a pick. I didn't I couldn't go to Willow Ridge or go to um, 
uh, it's a, some uh, Yates or Madison or anything like that. I couldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I had to stay at Westbury. And the, the thing that was popping for me was the band. The band was dope. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Mr. Williams, like, he... Mr. Williams was dope. Mr. Williams was, was dope. You know what I'm saying? And he helped me be musically the person that I am, really, honestly, because I had to, in that marching band, I couldn't fake it. I want to fake it. I I, 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 I faked it a few times, but it's only so time, so many times you can actually fake it and really hit the wrong note. And people are like, uh-uh, you need to, <laughs> right? So I'm like, nah, let me go learn this shit. <laughs> Let me go, let me go actually learn these, learn these songs, learn these songs by memory and the dance moves to win it. So I can, I can, you know, at least see myself going to Prairie View or TSU or somewhere like that. Cause I, at that point in time, I was happy to go to colleges like that. Cause I was in Houston. I was, you know, close to it. You know, I was happy to go to college, happy to go to college. So. When 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 I was in a band in freshman year, we we did the uh, football games. So during the football games, I probably got to play in probably like three because my band director found out that I was flunking my classes because I wasn't going to school. So he set me down and I had to like be kind of like a flunky, basically. And just sit there and, you know, listen to the band play and stuff like that, which is fine for me. But it was like, nah, I want to do this, you know. So I actually got to do it a few times after that. I was actually in the stands and got to do halftime after, after that a little bit. After that was Battle of the Band season. Oh, Jesus. Let's not, let's not talk about Battle of the Band season. <laughs> Loved it, loved it, loved it. Then we took a trip to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl. That was so much fun. Like, I had so much fun, you know, going to Atlanta for the first time, being in a big old stadium at the Georgia Dome. Like, it was crazy, you know, being amongst all these people. And we always ate Shoney's. Like, every morning we ate Shoney's. I got to go to the underground mall and we got to see the M&L factory and we got to the MLK barrier where the water was surrounding the barrier. It was beautiful. Like we got to actually go to the church, uh, Mother King Daddy Church. We fell asleep. Like <laughs> we were falling asleep, y'all. We were so tired, but I enjoyed myself. You know, I really enjoyed myself those times and those days. Uh, that's when Drumline came out. We got to go to the movies together and go see Drumline. Like being in a Westbury, being in Westbury Triple S band was everything. You know what I'm saying? Because I got to experience a lot. You know what I'm saying? I I went to school. You know, I started going to class. My mama put me in summer school. So by tenth grade year, child, <laughs> I was on it. So by that time, it was talks to me being drum major. So I was so happy. I was really happy because I was like drum major in middle school and me being a high school drum major, that's everything that I wanted to do, you know? And me actually seeing myself going to preview and 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 graduate being a drum major, like what? Tori Ferguson, Lil Short Tori I was ready. <laughs> I was so ready. 
So, tenth grade year, talks to be a drum major. I'm going into you know, going and training a little bit, uh, shadowing a little bit, being in questions and having to dance hard and stuff like that. Everything came to a halt my sophomore year, and I had to move back to Dallas. So what happened was my mother and my ex-father-in-law, or father, not in-law, stepfather, got into it. And like I said, my mama is a single mother. So with her having three kids and protecting her three kids, my mom kind of had to do what was best for her in that moment, and that was actually go back home to Dallas with my great-granny and kind of start over because that's when she got a divorce. So we moved back to Dallas, and so my whole Houston career of music and actually doing everything I wanted to do kind of came to a halt because now I had to switch my life over and up and around and, and and go back to Dallas. So I moved back to Dallas my second semester of my sophomore year. And mind you, Westbury, we had just came out for a high because one of the battle of the bands that I was in between us and Willow Ridge, we got second place. And I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, we placed, damn it, we placed. And y'all can't tell us nothing because we placed. Like, I, I, had, I had never place before in a battle of the best. I was so happy. So I came to Dallas and it's like I had to start over my sophomore year. The second semester, mind you. In the middle of of, of like <laughs> testing and all this stuff, I'm going to another school. Mind you, Westbury is more mixed. It's it's you gonna see white people you going to see Asian people. You're going to see African people. You're going to see black people. You're going to see everybody, right, in Westbury. And you would think that the band would be white in Westbury, but the band was black, right? <laughs> we had a, we were playing black songs. We were playing songs that was on on the radio. Like, we were playing uh, Working and, and Skeletons in my closet, uh, uh, Eminem in my closet and all that. Like, we were playing stuff like that. And, and, and Beyonce and stuff like that. So, go to Dallas. Dallas is an all-black school. <laughs> Dallas is, Roosevelt in Dallas is like an all-black school. We had Hispanics, but it was an all-predominantly uh, black school. And we played, they played the same thing, but it, it was more competition as far as like, Going, going against doing drum majoring and stuff like that because with Roosevelt, you had drum majors there for years. You had drum majors there. It wasn't, I, I don't, I, from what I know, I don't know if they had drum major tryouts every year, if they had the right drum major because they weren't going to change drum majors if they kept winning Battle of the Bands. Like, it makes no sense for us to change the drum majors if we keep winning. If we change the drum majors, then we might not win them up. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of where Roosevelt was. And it was like, I get that. You know what I'm saying? So for a long time, they kind of had the same drum major. You know what I'm saying? All, all, all four years. And then after that person graduated, then that's when the next drum major come in and they'll stay for the whole four years. They never really had two drum majors, three drum majors until kind of after I graduated. You know what I'm saying? So 
during the time that I was there, we only had one drum major. It was one drum major, and that was Veronica Turner. One one drum major. You know what I'm saying? So after Veronica left, and my class started coming and stuff like that, because mind you, I didn't go. I didn't go back to Roosevelt's band till I was a sophomore, right? I wasn't in Roosevelt. I I I was in Roosevelt band my seventh grade, and my eighth grade. I think my eighth grade year. I think my eighth grade. Seven, either seventh grade, summer. It's probably seventh grade, summer, eighth grade year, right? But after eighth grade, I went in Roosevelt band. So I came back in tenth grade, and it was new drum majors. It wasn't. Veronica, Veronica wasn't drum major no more. I don't think, I don't think so. I think so, but I don't think so. I think it was Charmaine or something. I think it was another drum major. So when I got there, it was totally different. You know what I'm saying? I did get back in the band, and I started playing alto. I started playing alto saxophone. I didn't play clarinet this time. I played saxophone, and. It was time for drum major tryouts. And it was also time for trilling tryouts. So, junior year, not junior year, I'm sorry, not junior we ain't got there yet. Sophomore year, I ended up trying out for drum major to go into my junior year. I was 17 years old, and I was going through drum major tryouts. I get a phone call saying that my great-granny passed away. And I had to stop trying out for drum major. So my drum majoring career was over after that. Because what? My great granny passed away? Like the person that been taking care of me all my life, right? Like next to my mama, my great granny was there. You know what I'm saying? So it was difficult. It was hard for me to do that. So I I stayed in a band, but I didn't do nothing else that year. Um When I came back to Dallas, so when I was in Houston, I had a boyfriend, but I don't think he was as faithful as I think he was, and his name was Brandon Jackson. Uh, He was in the choir, and I was in a band, and I also dated someone named Danielle. (laughs) Danielle, and she went to school with me too. My mama tried to hook me up with some other girl. And all I wanted was Brandon. I liked Danielle, but I broke up with Danielle to be with Brandon. And I don't even think Brandon was faithful to me. And so after I left Houston, I tried to find Cedric, you know, because I tried to get build my life back up in Dallas as much as I could, how I had it back then. And by that time, Cedric was in what high school, and he was going to Lincoln. I was going to Roosevelt, and he was doing his thing, and I was doing mine. And it just wasn't the same anymore between me and him because I feel like growth had happened, and 
he felt like I wasn't going to come back probably. And he was working and it was a lot going on then, you know? So I didn't, I felt like I didn't have Cedric like I had him before, you know, I moved to Houston and I'm focused on, you know, I just lost my granny. I'm trying to find, you know, find my first love. Like maybe I, I'm trying to find comfort. Right. And it just, it happened and it didn't, you know, and around that time it was just like, what do I do? You know, what do, what do I really do? Like the person that I'm so close to gone and it's like, I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I'm numb. I ain't never had this much of a loss at this age, you know, and people might say, well, it's destiny. This, this is no, you got to walk in my shoes. I feel abandoned. I feel alone. Because not only is it just me, I have two younger brothers that also have different fathers than me. My father, he has two other kids, you know. It's really hard being Tory. It's really hard being me. And that's what a lot of people don't see is that I don't have my my strongest relationship is with my mother. And I cherish that so much, you know. And maybe that's me just needing something to cling on to. And that's what what I I feel like a man does for me is that void of just having someone lay under you and hold you and say, baby, it's going to be okay. Baby, I'm here for you. Having that, that strong manly feel and having a beautiful man that they tell you that, you know, that's where life for me was, you know. I've seen my mama be with all these men and I've, 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 you know, I didn't want to go to pad down my mom, you know, but I kind of did a little bit, <laughs> you know, I kind of did, but I think I found, I think I'm starting to find myself with love. I, I hope I am, but it's hard being a gay black male. It's really hard being gay and being black in America and having to deal with a lot of stereotypes and have to deal with so much, you know, and having to bottle in so much, having to keep in so much, you know, it really is. And I love this podcast because I'm able to speak my truth and to speak a lot of what I deal with mentally and emotionally. And I'm able to discuss my music through it. You know, I really wanted to do that. I really wanted to use my music as a way of me to discuss my way of being, my way of life, you know, and help other, help other people that is in the same position as me to know that it's okay to feel like this. It's okay to have this story. It's okay to be gay and, and be 
existing and still be successful and powerful in whatever you do. It's okay. I've had people say so many degrading things to me like, um, stay in your shell. Why you come out your hole? This is this. I've had a lot of people say some stuff like, wow, like, okay. <laughs> like, I know I'm not famous like that, but please give me a chance you know because i mean i'm i'm more of a i want to i want to help save music as well i don't want to make trash music i don't want to make music that's not good you know what i'm saying i always ask like and i shouldn't but i do record things and i ask people hey what's your take on this how you feel about this what you think about this before i even put it out you know what i'm saying and even with uh my album full attention I was able to sit on it for a minute and just ask certain people they take on it and fix it and do this and that 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 you know what I'm saying I was able to do that so I feel like I'm contributing and not hindering in a way and I'm not I'm using my raw vocals I came into this saying I wanted to use my voice. I didn't want to water it down. I didn't want to um, put a much auto tune on it because at the end of the day, when you are when you live and stuff like that, you gotta you gotta sing, baby. You gotta <laughs> you you gotta explain that. You know, you gotta explain your music when you go live. You gotta. I mean, when you on tour and stuff like that, you you gotta sing. You know. And you got to be in shape. And that's another thing that I'm working on too is being healthy and being in shape because I deal with a lot of things being a black man, you know, and being black, period. I got hypertension, you know what I'm saying? And I got to deal with that, you know, the headaches and weight gains and from medications and stuff like that. I deal with a lot of things, you know, so... A lot of people going to have a lot of questions about a lot of things. And will I address it on here? I don't know. Because I feel like it's not people's business about a lot of my personal life. But I do want to craft my life around my music and kind of get an in-depth, you know, understanding about it. You know what I'm saying? And why I chose the music route that I did and why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, because it's not me just picking up. It's not, I've, I've came from somewhere. Okay. <laughs> it's not, it's not me at the pop of my head. Well, I want to, I want to sing music. No, 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 no. I've came from a lot of, I came from somewhere. I came from a place where it's in my blood. It's in my DNA to do this, you know? So that's where I'm at with it. Before we close out this show, are you a violent personnel capital? No, but I pull up and for my bat. <laughs> Thank you everybody so much for listening to this 
episode of Words from Capital. See you next episode. Now I got something to say to Words from Capital. You gotta say something Words from Capital. Now I have words for you to Words.